World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time Ooh. for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, I'm loaded for bear, hungry for bear, whatever it is today. I'm going to try to behave here at the beginning of the show so we can get some type of semblance of an organization. Myra, here's what I want you to do, uh, sweetheart. I didn't, I didn't see your reading today. I want you to get, once you get ready with your reading, I want you to pick four verses, four verses of it, because every time you read and you start, you go down and you do such a wonderful job, you're reading 12, 16 verses, you get to like verse number four, and I want to explode because I want to stop and talk about what you just said, and then you continue on down, and I lose that train of thought. So give us four, pick out four good ones of that, and get it ready. And Joe's getting ready for communion for us here. So folks, go ahead and get you get you some elements because we're going to take that as well. But today is a, this is a day of celebration. Can I tell you why it's a day of celebration? Thanks to Gary Pierce, as only Gary can do. Gary went back and checked. This is today show number 1700. This is our 1700th Coach Dave live show. Is that That's amazing, isn't it? 1700. Mm. Gary went back and checked them all, and he did, it, he did it last week, and it just came out that when he checked last week, last uh, on Monday, I think it was, we were at seven, uh, 1691, 1691, and so I did some math, and here we are, 1700, somebody do the math for me, how many years is that, 1700 divided by uh, 5 by 52, what would that be, 52 by 5 into 1700, how many would that be? And I got to tell you, I don't think I've missed many of them. I've missed maybe maybe a couple, but I haven't. I've tried my best to be here. Thank God for them. Thank God for uh, all of you being out there. Anybody doing that math for me? When you mathematicians, so we know it's seventeen hundred. How many year, how many years has that been? It's been hey, coach, that's seven. six and a half. Six and a half. Yep. Six and a half, six and a half years. <laughs> six and a half years. Wow. Wow. I I, I said to Michelle yesterday, what did I do before? What kind of life did I have before I did this? Because I, I be honest with you, this this show and uh, all of you guys out there consumes me, consumes me. I, I consumes me. Not that not that I'm got a big ego about the show, but man, oh man, every day when we get off the show, I think, God, that was so deep. Anybody else feel that way but me? But man, that was God, that was deep. That was deep. And so we were talking about yesterday about uh, spiritual world. World, how deep could we go on that thing that we haven't gone on, right? Holy Toledo. And so we just touched the surface of that yesterday and uh, kind of the way I do it. You know, I, like I said, I don't, I don't know all the truth. I come here every day and tell you that I don't know the truth. I know, but I can read and I can think and I have the Holy Spirit and I have the ability to say that's true and that's not true. Or that's not true, but this could be true. Somebody help me divide the truth, rightly divide the word of God. And a lot of things that they've told us are not true, and a lot of things that they haven't told us are true. And Rush is the one that coined it, the relentless pursuit of the truth. That's really what we try to do here. And Michelle asked me yesterday, said, anybody else get butt hurt? I said, no, I don't think so. So I said, somebody, well, she said, somebody said, well, Silver hadn't been around for a while. Silver butt hurt. So I got a hold of Silver yesterday. No, he's not butt hurt. You know, Silver's uh, working on a project of his own. It's taking up a lot of time. He says that he, when he records the after show, sometimes it's two hours, sometimes it's three hours, and he's just busy immersed in, in something else. So, uh, uh, hey, look, people come and people go. It's kind of kind of the reality of it. I hope nobody leaves just because they're butt hurt. Maybe they get involved with something else, and that's all okay too. All right. So, calendar very important. Bobby Lee needs to know who's coming down to Kentucky. Who's coming to Kentucky? Get that up there for me, Spence. That's next weekend. I'll be in Kentucky. Tom Dunn's going to be there. Uh, who else going to be there? David Heavener is going to be there. That's the next thing on the list. All right, the Kentucky. I'd like, I'd, like to, I'd like to add something there, Coach. Okay, Bob. 
Listen, Dave Hebner is going to do a screening Saturday evening after the show, after our, not the show, after our uh, speaking is coming to an end. He's going to do a screening there that is going to be a really good thing. So if you're interested, I know that you're going to want to see that. And again, one, one last thing, it's very important that you go register and uh, donations are encouraged. We need that because there's going to be costs for this event. So those th- three things are very important. Folks, I want you to know this, that every time we do one of these things, I pay our speakers. I pay them. Usually a couple, couple hundred bucks, 250. Bible says that the workman is worthy of his wages. So when we, when, when we charge, it's just because I don't think it's right to ask a guy to come down and make a presentation and uh, not put some money in his hand when he leaves. So if you wonder what the cost for these things are, that's what it is, and some snacks and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Bobby was able to get a place. I, I, you know, we're in a we're in a hotel, so I think the hotel's free. Maybe not. I don't know exactly particulars of it, but I, I want you to know that that's what those registration fees go. So anytime you have a, anytime there's a speaker in front of you, you know this. We're probably giving that person a two hundred and fifty dollar offering. That's usually that's usually standard what I do. They're worth a lot more than that. But if you're out there wondering why do they why do they need to why do they need to charge for these things? Because a workman is worthy of his wages. That's why we try to do it, okay? So that's next Friday. We're looking forward to that. I finally got some new, hey, Craig, I finally got some new tags on the on the camper last night. Drove that thing out, took my grandkids out and played on the beach with it a little bit. I'm thinking about driving that thing down to Kentucky. I don't know. I talked to my wife about that. She likes hotels. I don't know if she wants to stay in a camper. I don't know if I do either. Anyway, so, uh, hey, let's get rolling here. I got a lot on the table. And here's here's going to kind of be the theme. No, I'm not going to give you the theme. I'm not going to give it to you. Let's go, Myra. You pray us in. Joe, lead us in in uh, communion. Go ahead, Myra. Bless you, sure, dear. Coach. I will be delighted. Myra, I appreciate what you do. I'm not I'm not stepping on your toes. You understand that, right, dear? I understand. This is your show, not my show, and I'm just so grateful, so Amen. grateful to have the opportunity. So Amen. thank you, Jesus. All right, so um, the writing uh, for today is going to be from Mark 6, 40 to 45. It is written. Hang on a second. Let's make this easier. Can you pull that up, Spencer? Mark 6, 40 to 45, so we can kind of follow along. Because I don't know if you guys picked up on this. Myra puts her J's and her yays in different places. And sometimes I said, what was she, what did she say? She said, my, my, uh, my former brother-in-law was German. And he used to say, yes, yesterday. I said, what? Yes, yesterday. No, just yesterday. Take those letters. So what you, get, you can say them, but you say them in the wrong place. Yes, yesterday. And Myra does a little of that yes, yesterday stuff too. So it'd be a little bit easier if we can follow. Where are we here, Myra? Yes, hey, yesterday. It's going to be Mark, Mark 6, 40 to 45. Okay, Mark. go here. Okay. And let me make sure you got uh, is Mark do with the one you have? Okay. Uh, all right. And they sat down. Is this Mark what you have? Okay. Yes, 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 yes. I, I'm going to read from the, the one you have. And they sat down in ranks of hundreds and fifties. And mm, when he they, had, hang on, hang on. Huh? They were organized. They had little brigades. And they sat down in hundreds and fifties. Go ahead. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and breast and break the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided them among all. And they, and they did all eat and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments of the fishes. And they that did eat the loaves were about 5,000 men. Mm. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before into Bethsaida where he went away. With the people, with the people. Look at that. No, he didn't go. He sent them away, right? Yes. So he found the real warriors. He fed them first. He says, okay, boys, it's time to go to war. And he put them in a boat. He sent them over to Bethsaida. And then he, he, while he sent away 
the people. Jesus got rid of all hangers on. Jesus, you're welcome to Coach Dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you. I unleash resurrection power, love, and joy to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, Myra. Joe, let's take the elements here, brother. Yes, sir. Um, Today I'm going to start with reading 1 Corinthians 10, 16, and 17. Pull it up there, 1 Corinthians 10, 16, and 17. Okay, Joe. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? Mm. The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we many are one bread, one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. Amen, brother. Amen. Folks, when we do this, this is a universal, this is one of the few times. Remember, the Bible says where there's unity, God commands the blessing. And the taking of communion all around the world is a, is in itself a sense of uh, um, mutual uh, communication. We all come together, all doing this. One body, one blood, one bread. Right? Amen, Joe. Okay. So, Heavenly Father, we come to you here as one body partaking of this one bread. And you understand this much better than we, but we are learning, Lord. And as we come to you, we remember that as a part of this body, of the body of Christ, we are sitting at your right hand this moment, far above these troubles that we are dealing with them down here on this earth. And we know that you are with us. And we know that you see the end of the parade. But we're there from the beginning of the parade. You see the whole thing, Lord. And we can't, you know, but where we are now. And so from here, we take this communion. We know that your hand is on us. And we ask that you forgive our transgressions. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. That you... See us cleansed in your sight as we take this most holy, holy meal, this meal that heals together with you. Mm, thank you Lord. And now reading from Matthew 26, 26. And as they were eating, Jesus uh, took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. And he took the cup. And gave thanks. And gave it, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. The new contract, right, Joe? The new contract. We're making a blood blood covenant with the Lord. His blood. Going back to Abel. Mm, Amen. Testifies of better blood. Amen, Joe. Amen. You know, I was thinking about something. I'm sorry. I learned, Coach, that Abel not only made the first blood sacrifice that was recorded, but the enemy, with the rage of Cain, turned Abel into Cain's sacrifice Mm. because the Lord demanded blood. And and uh, Cain would not take an animal. Amen. So Amen. it can be misused, and it can be you doing correctly. This I think we've done it. We've done it correctly today. Amen. 
thank you was, for this opportunity. I was thinking, I was, uh, the Holy Spirit prompted me, Joe, as we, as, as you were reading that, uh, we're supposed, we're supposed to confess our faults, our, our sins, confess them. I want to ask you a question because this question came to me by the Holy Spirit. Um, do you openly confess your sins to the Father and ask him to forgive you? Like before you took communion, did you, the Bible says to examine yourself. Did you really think about, you know, Lord, did I do anything yesterday that, was, that wasn't pleasing to you? Did I, did, I, did I cross a line yesterday, Lord? And the Holy Spirit will tell you if you did. And you can't just assume that you're forgiven. I mean, maybe you are. But the purpose of that examining yourself is so that daily you can say, Lord, I I really messed up here yesterday. Lord, I let my flesh get the best of me. I can blame the devil, but Lord, I let my flesh get the best of me here. And I don't want to be like that. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. And when you do that, friends, you re you re-exalt, if is that the right word, you place Christ again at the top of the list. Every time you repent, you recognize, you acknowledge his kingship. That's all he wants you to do. That's really all he wants you to do. Say, Lord, you're the king, and I've been following another king, and I am so sorry. I don't want to do that anymore. And he says, uh, your sins are forgiven. You're back in right relationship with him. And I don't think we take, I don't think we take repentance seriously enough. We really don't. Really don't. You say, no, well, I, he knows. I, I, I agree, Coach. This part of that part of communion is often forgotten. And uh, I participate sometimes, Myra, also with the Danish group online. And uh, when when they take communion, they will confess to each other. Amen. In that small little group. What's most recent in there? And mm-hmm. that is incorrect. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, confess your faults one to another. Confess your faults. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to give you some peace here, okay? L- listen, you don't have to do it. As part of your daily devotionals, which I hope you have one, as part of your daily devotional to the Lord, do you include repentance? Every day, do you examine yourself and say, Lord, new day, man, I screwed this up yesterday. I'm sorry. Please get me back on track. Get me back on the right line. Because if you're not doing that, there's a tendency to move farther and farther down that road, down that path. And the reason he said that we confess our faults one to another is not that so that our buddy would have something to hold over us, but rather that our buddy would be able to hold us accountable. Hey, how are you doing with that pornography thing? Hmm? How are you doing with that anger thing? How are you doing with that? Not to condemn you. Not to go tell everybody, do you, do you believe what Chad's doing today? Do you believe what Chad, Chad told me this? No. No, that's not what's about. It's for, for me to be able to hold Chad accountable. Chad, I'm sure you need held accountable. And, and that's what it's about. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another. Because the battle's real, man. The battle is so real. And the enemy, we still haven't figured this out, piggybacking off yesterday's show. The enemy is constantly trying to steal God out of your heart. That's, that's the battle. Constantly trying to. And every day and every minute and every hour, although you can't do that, try to place him back on his throne, the top of your heart. Try to do that. It's hard to do. Recognize when you've fallen into sin. Recognize when you've done something wrong. Say, on it. I'm so sorry. You know, if you're in the grocery store and you come around the corner and you turn in there sharply and you run into somebody else's grocery cart, you apologize, don't you? Right away, say, oops, I'm sorry. Sorry, part, excuse me. You do that for the Lord? And you find yourself that you've sinned and all of a sudden it comes to your knowledge that you did? Do you ever say, oh, Lord, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. We're, we're more repentant to people at the grocery store than we are to the Lord. I'll leave it at that, all right? I, not doom and gloom. Uh, uh, some good stuff going on. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step on some toes right now, okay? Sorry, I'm going to step on some toes. I wish I, there's certain things in my life that I wish I had to do over. One of them has to do with the training of my own children. Anybody give me a thumbs up. If you could, if you could go back now and teach your children what you know now, what a difference you would make in their lives. We can't, right? 
we can go to the Lord and we can say to the Lord, Lord, I'm so sorry. I screwed that up so bad. Lord, would you please straighten Zach out, Lord? Would you please do it? I wouldn't, I missed this and I missed this and I missed this. Lord, don't, the sins of the father passed on to the first, second, even down to the fourth generation. Lord, please, please don't hold him accountable for that, Lord. Break that power off of him, please, in Jesus' name. How many of us do that? We don't do that. A number of times I'd love to do that. I, 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 this morning I went to, uh, Michelle and I were sitting up there this morning. She gets up a little later than I do. I got up, I got up kind of early this morning. And I began to think about my grandchildren. Because, Craig, we took them. Yeah, we got, I finally got those license plates on. You say, Coach, took that long? That's a long story. I got the license plates on, and I loaded up our, our grandchildren, drove them out to Drove them down, took them a little ride in the camper. They'd never, they'd never seen the camper drive like that. Went to, uh, pulled into Buckeye Lake Park and parked in the park and we ran and watched, let them sort of skinny dip. They pulled down into their underwear and they ran, just had the, just had the grandest of times. And looked at my granddaughter, Reese, who is on the verge of being a teenager. And I thought, golly, how much longer am I going to really have an influence in her life? How much longer? And then this morning when Michelle gets up, Michelle says, golly, we don't really have anything to do this weekend. However, our two son-in-laws and our son, they're going on a golfing getaway. The boys are. So the girls are left at home with the babies, nine of them. And Michelle's, her heart is always the same, right? How can I, can, how can I help? How can I help? And I was reminded again, many of us in, in here, many of us in here are retirement age and above. Many of us are. And that we ought, we need to be <clears throat> come to the realization that the most precious thing that you are ever going to leave is the souls of your children and grandchildren. It's not how much money you have. It's not how many how many vehicles you're leaving behind. It's not how big your bank account is. It's not how much property that you're leaving to them. My buddy Kelly Conway just we went to his funeral just the other day, and I'm I'm looking there. Kelly laying in that in that coffin. He's done. It's all it's all done. And all that work, everything he accumulated, every, it's, it's nothing. The only thing that's left behind is what he left inside the people that he dealt with. He lives on. He doesn't live on to his house and his car and bank account. He lives on through the people. And I just wanted to acknowledge today three people. I want to acknowledge our two daughters, uh, Abby, who has four children. And Maggie, who have four, has four children, and my wife, because their entire lives are dedicated to those children. Not one of my grandchildren, Michelle and I were public school teachers. Not one of our grandchildren has ever spent the first second inside a government school. And uh, everybody's going back to school yesterday, right? Yesterday was back to school. You got to get on Facebook. Here's everybody. Oh, here's Joey going back to school first grade. Here's Sarah. She's going in the eighth grade. Oh, here's Jimmy, his first day in high school. And I just such a grief came over me. Such a grief came over me that those people had no idea what they were doing to their children. The environment they're putting. Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And we get up in the morning, we put our children on the yellow highway to hell school bus and take pictures and celebrate it. I'm not trying to offend you, although I don't really give a damn if you are. I know what the sacrifice. Michelle, her whole life this morning when she got up is, how can I help my daughters? who are so burdened with homeschooling and everything that's going on with you. Can you imagine that, folks? Can you imagine having four kids under? How's Macy? Macy? What? Four kids under seven. Can you imagine that? And faithfully homeschooling them and taking them to whatever. Those are heroes. And I have to say this because my son said something to me about it the other day. Pick up your toes. Zach said to me, Dad, your generation has to be the most selfish generation in history. Boy, I thought about that one. 
Look at us old people voting according to our pocketbooks, voting according to Social Security, and voting according to taxes, and voting against all this stuff, making sure that the government doesn't get any more of our stuff, and at the same time, putting our children in the highway to hell school. And one of the initiatives that, I've, that I've, I'm really in debate with the Holy Spirit about is I don't know what state it was. I want to say Louisiana, although that's not it. So don't correct me. Maybe it's Missouri, although I don't know. It was the first state in the union. The governor, they just passed a law declaring that the tax dollars follow the student. First school. Maybe you can, maybe you can Google that for me, Hunter or Spencer, whoever you are, maybe you can Google that for me. First state in the union that determined that their tax dollars, that the parents pay and the grandparents pay, that $7,000 a year that goes to the public school from hell to train our children in the ways of Satan, now for the first time in American history, the state has determined their tax dollars are going to the parent to put the child wherever they want to put the child. I'm pretty now, sure it's Louisiana, you. Coach. It was. I'm pretty sure it's Louisiana. We got 35,000 homeschool kids here. Well, I'm going to show you some more statistics on this deal. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to circle this thing around here. Okay, that's why I'm kind of in my war mode. Have you found it yet, Spencer? I don't know if you can. I'm, I'm not finding anything, Coach. What's that? I'm not finding anything. Okay. Well, I know. I know that I saw it. I could get on my email. I know that I would find it. And I'm going to ask you this. Lovingly, I'm going to ask you this. Folks, I'm going to ask you this. Okay, I'm going to thank you, Lord. I'm going to say it. You need to repent if you're rejoicing about your kids being and going to go back to school today. You need, to re- you need to repent of it. It's the public schools that have destroyed America. And I'm going to say this. If you're a pastor out there and you're supporting public schools, you're not worthy to stand in that pulpit. Boom. Huh? Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor, nor stand in the way of the sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. And you know right now that you are sending your child into a godless Luciferian system, and you think they're going to come out on the other end of it serving the Lord. You're a fool. But let's be honest. It's good babysitting service, isn't it? Public schools. Oh, our teacher, she seems so kind. Yeah, but she teaches doctrines of demons. You say, what are you talking about? Okay, I'll show you what I'm talking about. Hey, Spencer, pull up for me. It's a standalone email. Pulled up, it says masturbation. Yeah, masturbation. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Can you make this bigger? This is, hey. Well, your kid's all dressed up and you're taking pictures of a first day in kindergarten. You better realize you're going to stand before the Lord and what you're permitting. Oh, my goodness. This is a, this is a, stand, this was a sin home assignment from a kindergarten class. Body smart right from the start. Some children like to touch their own private body parts and some children don't. What places in your home are private? In other words, where can you go in your house to jack off? Draw a picture of the private places where you can touch your penis or vulva if you want to. So there you go. You can draw. You can draw. Oh, I mean, I can draw my living room. I can draw out in the garage. All families have different rules about masturbation, which is touching your own private parts. Talk to your trusted grown-ups, not parents, not parents. No, no, your trusted grown-ups are the teacher handing this shit out. Talk to your trusted grown-ups about your family rules. Take a picture of them as they're going into kindergarten. Take a picture. Joey's first day in kindergarten. Say, Coach, what do you want me to do about it? Do what Michelle's doing. Michelle said to me yesterday, 
maybe I need to go back to work. Maybe I need to go back to substitute teaching because I can go in there and I can be the light. Uh, she can, and those kids certainly need it. And I know there's some public teachers that are in here. I, I know it. I know it. <clears throat> but it's the same old thing, man. <clears throat> Being part of a system. <clears throat> By the way, I'm sorry. Bible says have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness. Have nothing to do with it. Have nothing to do with it. And if you're if if you are a Christian in the public schools, they'll sue you. It's coming eventually, right? Or you have to sneak it in. You have to sneak the gospel in. They're not sneaking masturbation in, are they? You don't have to sneak it in. So to close down this segment, but pull up number three. Pull up number three, Spencer. Nearly 2 million fewer students have enrolled in public school this year. Not 2 million, 2 million fewer. That's one of the great benefits of what we just went through with COVID. Parents saw what was going on in the public schools and say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm, I'm not going to expose my children to that. Now, here's my question. What can you as a grandparent do to lighten the burden on your child so that they can homeschool their children or put them in Christian education. Although I'm going to be honest with you, I would homeschool before I'd ever put them in Christian education because Christian education, sorry, been part of it. Is people who say they're Christians and don't even, you talk about Heinz 57. You talk about different theology. You don't have Christian teachers in Christian schools teaching that we're to accept homosexuality. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you the truth. Not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of God. And not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, should have any business teaching children. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. 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 Clay, I'm looking at you there right now. You, you're going to take this seriously, that little grandbaby you you got coming up, that little, huh? Listen, dude, I'm listening. Grandparents, I'm telling you this. I'm telling you, grandparents, you cannot sit around and watch your children suffer and have to put their children in government schools because they will get a nice house and they will get a nice car, but they're going to lose their kids. The statistics aren't even, they're not even open for debate, folks. Upwards of 85% of kids born in Christian homes lose their faith when they go to college. 85% of them. So I know this is harsh here this morning. And that's why I honor my wife. Because my wife has given her life for her grandkids. They call. One of our kids calls. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch him. Yeah, I'll watch him. When Michelle got up this morning, she looked at the calendar and saw what her two daughters had to do and said, okay, I'm going to have to do this and this and this and this because it, it's just too much for Maggie to do and it's too much for Abby to do. And Zach was right. We are the most selfish generation in American history. Anybody want to argue? Boom. I think it's to be determined. <laughs> what do you mean by that, Chad? <laughs> well, I, I mean this. Uh, the, these, the uh, the current ones that's going on now, the entitlement generation. Oh, I, I get, well, because they're getting it from us, right? We're the we're the ones that taught them that. See, and can you imagine? Can you imagine that if we were smart enough and we got a lobby together and we demanded our tax dollars follow our children? Can you imagine seven thousand five hundred dollars for every child funneling into a cat into a Christian church where the kids could be trained in the fear and the admonition of the Lord? There's no shortage of money. It's where the money's gone. The devil won't let the money go to Christian children. Stand up and fight. We ought to be fighting night and day for that, demanding that tax dollars go to my kids. And then we would have Christian teachers in Christian schools teaching Christian values to Christian children. Then we might have a chance. I pray. I'm going to begin to pray every day. 
I'm sorry for the collapse of the government schools. It started. You see that, don't you? Two million fewer. Huh? Oh, yeah, they're scrambling bad. They're scrambling bad. I know I made some people. I, hey, listen. Swallow it, dude. <laughs> Swallow it. I'm telling you the truth. I'm just telling you the truth. Point in, Joanne. Uh, yeah, I think it was at his CPAC um, convention. I heard President Trump say that he was taking, he was going to be taking this um, government out of our schools, which is, you know, I think it means he's putting it back to the people. And the people will be running the schools again like it should be. The money should follow the student. Can you imagine if I got 100 students? And uh, I got $7,500 per student. You think I could put a school together? You think we could put an academy together? Huh? Are you kidding me? we got to think outside the box here, boys and girls. Say, well, we can't afford it. Well, of course you can't afford it. You're paying all your money to the government to do it. No waste there, I'm sure, huh? I wonder how much money. Hey, Spencer, got a good one for you real quickly. Look up the budget of the National Department of Education. And let's see if there's a money shortage here. What is the annual budget of the, by the way, the National Department of Education, they're just the flow through for the dollars. They're just bureaucrats being paid to do whatever they do in education. What? United States of Education, 4,400 employees and a $68 billion budget to bureaucrats. That was 2016, Coach. That was 2016. Thanks, man. Angie, come on in. Yes. Just real the the cost is about is over fifteen thousand per student these days. Fifteen thousand a year per student. Right, Brett, right here it says one hundred and eighty eight point sixteen billion. One hundred and eighty eight point sixteen billion dollars goes to American public education. You know who that is, right? That's that's those folks in Washington, DC. They don't educate not one kid. Not one kid. And no. what do they do? I know what they do, Jack. They, they raise your property taxes so high that you have to go to work. Then you have to put your kids in the public schools. That's what's going on. They tell you through inflation, they inflate your property value from what used to be 250000 Hey, Chad. Hey, Chad. Sorry, not privacy here. Chad, what did they just tell you your house is now worth? What did they do to you, Chad? All of a sudden, you found out what, Chad? Yeah, they uh, 90000 revalued my house, $90,000. They revalued your house. It's now worth $90,000 more than it was. And what are they going to do with it because it's worth $90,000 more, Chad? Raise your taxes. And what are they going to do? Well, they have to raise your taxes because they for the school. Right, folks, you get what's going on? Oh, my goodness. My money, I don't have a kid in school. I got a bunch of grandkids in school. My, my money goes to teach doctrines of demons. My money does. What's, what the, what's that about? We need the collapse of the public schools. Hey, listen, hang on. There'll be plenty of jobs. Kids are still going to be educated. That way we're going to take the great Christian teachers and put them in front of kids and let them teach Christianity to the kids. You said, Coach, you just said that Christian schools were bad. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. At least, at, least we, at least we can somewhat monitor them. If they're Christian private schools, at least we have some authority to it, rather than the National Education Association running everything. Angie. <laughs> You're kind of all over the place on me, Coach, this morning, but I did want to address the um, the issue. I, I don't know if anybody remembers the commercial, like the Staples commercial, where the guy was gleefully riding his cart through the Staples store with the song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, as these kids are all frowning and going back to school. And I used right. to tell my friends that were homeschooling and my friends that didn't, I'm like, I just cannot imagine being so gleeful about sending my children back to school. Like that just never, like I, I was heartbroken when my kids went to, when they were in the school system, I was like, man, I feel bad that I'm, you know, I just felt like I wasn't doing enough or doing right. Or what was I subjecting my kids to? Even when my kids, my, my middle son was in a Christian school. Um, and nowadays I'm looking at what's happening in Christian schools and I think, oh, they're falling away too. I mean, you know, yep. and it's just, it, I, I've homeschooled for 20 years and I had enough foresight, I think 25 years ago when I had our first son. And of course then he was with special needs. And so I thought, okay, maybe I can't do this because he's special needs. But then I really learned very early on that the public schools don't know what they're doing with special needs children. And it's, hang, hang on, Angie. Angie, hang on a second. 
Yeah. Every child, every child, special needs. Go ahead. Exactly. Yeah. Every, yeah. And I thought, I love, I love the saying that it's not how smart you are. It's how you are smart. Um, and my, my oldest son is definitely very intelligent in many, many ways. He's a, he's a very, he's a very social guy. Um, but I, I just look at these systems and I think it's heartbreaking. And I, I must have done something right because my middle son came to me uh, several weeks ago. We were talking about, you know, family and life and marriage and having kids. And we talked about schools and he goes, well, mom, he says, we're going to let you homeschool our kids. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I want to do that. I'm, I'm kind of getting up there. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was just kind of funny. I was like, OK, I must have done something right. And he sees there is honest, there's truth in what's happening out there in these schools. And these mm -hmm. are, I, I feel horrible for, you know, parents and, and kids who are being subjected to this system and, and the parents who feel like they don't have any other options or they just feel like they don't have enough patience to do it. And I just try yeah, to. Angie, how about this, Angie? This just came to me. How yeah. about, uh, we, how about I start past the salt Academy and I find uh just 20. I just need 20 students with $7,500 from the government. Somebody help me out there. 7500 That would be, how much money would that be? How yeah. much is 20? That's $150,000, isn't it, Jack? Yeah. Is my it, only, it only takes about two. It only talk, takes us, and, it, and I do it a little more extravagantly than some others, but I, it only takes about $1,500 a student per year to educate them. Like it doesn't sure. take that much. And so no, you think about that. I, and I even pay for a curriculum that has videos and stuff with it. Right. Like that's yeah. a video system. And, um, and, and, you know, uh, it, it doesnn't cost that much when you hear that they're yep. costing 12 to $15,000 per student. Yep. That's Angie, Amen. Angie, I'm with you. Amen. Roger, come on in. <laughs> Roger, did I scare you away? Come on in here. I'm in, baby. I ain't scared of you, brother. <laughs> you know, um, I was just going to say the problem you have with a lot of people is they think uh, an hour on Wednesday night youth group and an hour on you know Sunday morning is going to defeat 40 hours of public education. Amen, Roger. And Amen. I want to speak to the grandparents that are on the queue right now and those that have relationship with their kids. You know, for a couple hundred bucks a month, usually you can start moving them in towards a Christian environment. I'm with you. It's not perfect. My boys went to FCA. You coached them, and they were sleeping around down there. Some, too. Not necessarily my boys, yeah. but you know what I'm saying. I do. But yes, this, sir. This yes, idea sir. is we'll take them to church on Wednesday for youth group. We'll have them. In, I taught those high school kids. I'm sorry. I was not that effective. Amen. So let me ask you a question. How many of you... Would love to be able for $7,500, which doesn't cost you anything at all. How would you like to send your child to Pass the Salt Christian Academy? How many would like to trust your child to me Amen. and the Christian teachers Amen. that I would hire? Right? And it not cost you a cent? You mean it would be free? Oh, yeah, it'd be free. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be free. And every day they would come and you would know that they would learn good biblical principles like you're being taught in your own home, like you're trying to teach your kids. Folks, until we get a hold of this monster, we're going to continue to lose our children. Dale and Jack. We shouldn't be arguing with school boards, folks. We shouldn't be arguing with school boards. Say, give me my money. I'm going someplace else. Yeah, Coach. Jack. Uh, you're coach, good, Dale. 24 years of homeschooling here, brother, and you're – you know, some of the things you said early on the show, because there is a lot of info here. First thing is, is exactly that selfish thing. Michelle and I surrendered our careers to make sure that we were going to homeschool our children. Amen. So that's the first mm -hmm. thing. But you never, you know what I never saw past pastors who support public schools shouldn't be pastors. Brother, that, that was like a mic drop moment for me, brother, because that's just another reason why we don't have good pastors, because they have compromised. They were supposed to be the shepherds over those little children, and instead yep. they support them little children to be sent into those yep. public school prisons and perverted centers. So, brother, that yeah, one right hey, there, that, that's a titled message for me. Hey, I'm going to do a mic drop. Okay, here's my mic. You ready? Here's what a pastor, here's what the average Christian will say. Well, I went to... Government school. I went to public schools and I came out okay. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, says <You> <laughs> who? Come on in, Jack. 
Uh, two two points, Coach. Uh, Brenda McInerney teaches on how to learn biblically before we can teach biblically. And mm. she does a great study on it. We, I've, I've gotten to know her a little bit because of uh, the silent assassin there, Bob Roy, and she's been teaching us. It's awesome. She really is an excellent teacher. She teaches biblically and how to learn biblically, not just learn facts. Okay? Amen. Uh, the second point is, if you guys look into your separate uh, state constitutions, I'll bet you'll find some pretty interesting stuff. The main constitution on funding for education says a general diffusion. This is a constitution. This is not some statute. A general diffusion of the advantages of education being essential to the preservation of the rights and liberties of the people to promote this important object, the legislature are authorized, shall be their duty to require the several towns to make suitable provision at their own expense for the support and maintenance of public schools. You see, everything that's being done is being done unlawfully. There's no legal mandate for the state to pay for public schools and there certainly isn't a mandate for the federal government to be involved in the state public schools. So we got it so wrong, so far, so so deep. When when Paul LePage didn't know this, we taught him this, our governor, we taught him this. He said it in public. The Republican Party came after him. The Democrat Party came after him. And every newspaper in the state mm. called him a nut. Okay, so here's the problem, Jack. It ain't Paul LePage, it's the pastors. It yes. is it's like everything else, right? I don't how many, how many, I'm just I don't know. Maybe you can look this up, Spencer. How many pastors, members are there in the Southern Baptist Convention? See if you can look that thing up. If just the Southern Baptist lobbied for tax dollars to follow the child, just the Southern Baptists, just the Southern Baptists. How many are there? Uh, total membership, 14,089,940. So that's just, that's churches. Weekly attendance, 4 million. Huh? If just them, just the Baptists demanded the money follow their children, we won't do that though, right? Because why? Well, you don't mix religion and politics. Come in, Jeff. Coach, here in a couple of days, Mount Vernon School will have their own room set up for children's hospital to come in for the health and wellness of the children, yeah. transgender rights, social emotional learning, reproductive rights. They've laid it all out in the letter what this organization is doing, children's hospital. And you know, the school gets $6 million for that. That's why they oh, did it. Good. In other words, they're selling your children for $6 million for some silver, right? They're selling your children for some silver. Unbelievable. Clay, come on in. Coach, we homeschooled our kids, our children, but the problem is we didn't impress upon them that 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 learning the Word of God was the number one subject. Amen on that one, Clay. Amen we on did that it, uh, You know, we do now, but, but we didn't do that from the beginning. And Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5 says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them down on the doorposts of your house and, and on your gates. And you can't do that if you send your kids to school. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you have to make sure that if you homeschool, that you're doing that all day long. And you tell your children, any questions that you've got, you ask, you ask me all day long. You're not going to be bothering me by asking me a question. I wonder how many of you people out there, Send your grandkids to a babysitter you don't know. A babysitter you don't know 
anything about. I'm going to dress up my little seven-year-old, going to take pictures of him. I'm going to put him in the school bus from hell, and he's going to go to school, and he's going to walk off the bus. He's going to meet his new teacher, and you don't even know his new teacher. You don't know anything about him, and that new teacher is going to have your children 180 days a year, and they're going to put into, you don't even know what they're putting inside your child. You send them to Caesar and shock, they come back, little Romans. Hey, folks, I spent a lot of time in those public schools. I know how dark they are, and I know how strong. God bless those teachers that are in there fighting. God bless them. God bless them. But you're fighting an unwinnable war. You're fighting an unwinnable war because Jesus Christ is criminalized in that government school. It's just the truth. I'm just telling you the truth. Boy, somebody's going to get mad at me. Julie. Good morning, Coach. Great show. Um, I just want to give a little bit of hope here. Um, I don't know what it is in your area, but they have started these life-wise um, Bible studies for these kids. Yeah. And mind you, it has to be off campus, but you can walk the kids to and from. Oh, good. Um, hey, Julie, that's awesome. Now we're doing the same things the gays are doing. Good, good. I'm not making fun of you, Julie. I'm showing you how we settle for crumbs. Crumbs. Our pastors settle for crumbs. Oh, now we can pull them out an hour a day. Oh, we can give them some religious training. I'm not making fun of it, Julie. It's ridiculous that we settle for that. They have those kids seven hours a day, and we get them an hour a week. It's a start, though. (laughs) Yeah. Is it? Julie, I love you. Is it? Okay. Is that really a start? Is that really a start? Why the, why the hell are the Luciferians determining what's being taught in our schools? Where are the Christians? Where are they? I wonder, uh, I wonder if we're going to give the Luciferians an hour a day to pull. Why don't we do that? Let's say, listen, everybody wants to learn about evolution. You get an hour a week. An hour a week, you can pull them out into a little private section over here, and you can teach them about evolution. But otherwise, you can't teach that. Well, they would, they would kick and scream. They would no more go for that. Well, we do. We continue to pay our taxes. We don't care. It's all good. By the way, have you noticed what a great choir they have? Oh, my daughter's learning to play the violin. Hey, hey Coach, did you open the chat for a second? We over here one of these concerts next next five years. That's where she'll end up. Come on in, Mary. Mary Kelly, come on in, Mary. Only got eight minutes left. Everybody talk fast. Hi, good morning. Thank you. Last night, Mark Levin um, did an expose. Someone has investigated all the funds of the, of, from COVID-19 for the U.S. educational system. Yeah. And after the details were given, he said, so a lot of them haven't used the money yet. There's so much money, they, couldn't, they didn't have time to use it. But Mark Levin said it all went to the unions. The teacher's union. Of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> teacher's See, union. If all the money's going to the school district, why do they have to give do a bond election? Well, that's another they need reason. More right? money. They need more money. Not enough. Yeah. Amen. Amen. By the way, Chad's wife's a faithful public school teacher, and I love her, and God bless her for doing it, for being that fight in that fight. She needs our help. She needs our help. We, ought to, we need to take the muzzle off of his wife. Keith. Does that mean we have to get rid of the uh, lotto and the uh, vending machines? <laughs> uh, yeah, we got to fund the schools, right, Keith? Isn't that what they told us? We're going to start the lottery so we can fund the schools. And now they're giving them COVID money, so we ought to be able to do away with a lottery. Good catch there, Keith. Good catch. Gail, come in. Gail, should have given you a warning. Craig, then Gail. Hello. One of of Steve Hemphill's uh, techniques for people who have sleep deprivation is to put scriptures in the corners and on the walls. If you remember back when you were a teacher, it's very specific. They come out, they would put certain posters in certain places and hallways for people to look at different things, kids to do it, to get it in their mind. Can you imagine if scripture was posted in the four corners Oh, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. You know, the spirit's real. Last night I woke up, I hate to tell you this, 3.33 again. 
And when I woke up at 3.33, I could not go back to sleep. And I struggled there for about 10 or 15 minutes. And then I sat up in my bed. Michelle didn't hear me. I sat up in my bed and I said, Lord, I need some sleep. Whatever it is that's distracting me, whatever that is that's causing me not to sleep, please, Lord, break that power in Jesus' name. And boom, I was asleep. Hey, you cannot believe it. I just lived it, okay? It just happened to me. It just happened to me. Bernie. Yeah, Coach, we need to point out or identify that anything that's against the Christian religion is also religious in nature because it has to be of the same force to resist it, that all of these things that they're teaching is is religion. And why is education against people learning things? Amen. Uh, well, we know why, don't we? I mean, they'll learn all the all the awful stuff, but they won't learn the truth. That's right. So, uh, do you send your children? Do you send your children to school to learn about homosexuality? How many of you would say, "Oh, yeah, that's that's number one reason I send them there." Oh, yeah, I want them to learn. How to, I want to learn them to, for them to learn to masturbate when they're six. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's what I want. Do you think your grandparents want that? Do you think anybody? Do you think your neighbors want that, folks? That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. And then we take pictures of them when we send them into school. Maybe one a week. And I saw some of the people that were doing it. Bobby, then Judah. Listen, when I'm sitting in front of 50 men on a daily basis, I am telling them that uh, families are destroyed nationwide, men removed from the home. It doesn't matter if it's Philly or backwoods, eastern Kentucky. It's not you putting your values and trainings and educations and things that you know in your kids. It is the, the, the school teacher that was butt naked on every college spring break that's now teaching your kid what's what's yep. moral. And to take it further real quick, if it's not if they're not in the home, if it's not mommy raising the kid, it's grandmommy. If it's not that, it's not granddaddy, he's probably dead. And if it's and if it's not that state and private agencies, everybody else is training your kid, as you say. That homosexual is homosexual butt sex is a great thing. Why they can't wait quick enough to put their kid on the yellow school bus to help? Bobby, my wife just walked down here to tell me that in our local public school, I'm not making this up, in our county, there is a kitty litter box in one of the bathrooms. In the classroom. You say what? A kitty litter? Yeah, that's where people go in and crap in the sand and cover it up because they think the kid thinks he's a kitty cat. Right. Oh, yeah. Hey, hang on here a second. Pull up for me. Number seven. Because I want to make I want to connect another dot for you real quick. Man, I'm about out of time. How can this be? Did you guys see this? Number seven. What is that? Combat ready Pentagon to host the Pentagon, the Pentagon to host a transgender and non-binary gender inclusion and pronoun usage workshop. The Pentagon's teaching people how to properly use he, she, they, them. Oh, I want, boy, I just, whoo, that my carnal man. I almost said something that most of you would have never come back again if I had said it. I want you to know I thought it, and I should have said it. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I didn't. I don't want to lose the crowd. Judah, come in. Coach, we love your heart, so uh, I will never uh, be mad at for things that you say. You're a coach, and so... Uh, if the, if the spirit says it, then go for it. But uh, I don't judge you. So, Thanks. but uh, hey, uh, I, th- I may have missed it, but um, Sheila was telling us that uh, there's a bill. Obviously, maybe you mentioned this. I came in about five minutes late, but uh, that uh, President Trump signed before leaving office to grant homeschooling funds to people. Uh, has anybody in this chat or thread able We're to just, maybe put a link? We talked about that just right at the beginning. Yes, that uh, one state, I can't remember where it is. We couldn't find it. One state already already passed passed the law. That Does anybody the have dollars, a link? Dollars, follow the I'll look it up. Yeah, I'll look it up. I got yeah, it. If, if someone could put a link to that uh, to that information in the thread, it'd be great so we all could be able to, hey, uh, submit it for our children. Coach, can I send it to you personally? Coach, I sent it to you. It was Louisiana, and it follows them. In, it doesn't follow them into homeschooling unless it's an accredited. It's a private school, but I did send you the link. This is it isn't, Dale. I don't think it is Louisiana. Maybe Louisiana is beginning to do it as well. 
there's another one where they, they already passed a bill. So we know this is a big fight coming, right? Because then they're going to go to the courts, and the courts are going to say, no, you can't do that because there's a separation between the church and state. We are all, all that lie. And see, they're only going to win that fight if we don't rise up and fight against them. Say, say no, no, no. That's what, that is what individual government is all about, to get to our legislators to say no. But see, the legislators won't say no because they're getting a lot of money from the OEA, which is getting a lot of money from tax dollars, which is all one vicious cycle. If we do not get control of the education of our children, we will never reclaim this nation. Have a great weekend. 1700 in the can. We'll see you on Monday.